Hello and welcome to another podcast episode. I'm Ray. This one is entitled, Do You Remember? Now this opens up a load of opportunities, doesn't it? How often have you heard older people say to each other, do you remember this or do you remember that? Had an email from Brent. Hello, Brent in America. Vending machines. Do you remember vending machines? Not these modern things, but the old ones where you'd put in a couple of old pennies and get some chewing gum. Dentine was one that Brent mentioned. I remember dentine. There were chocolate machines, Cadbury's fruit and nut. I don't know what you put in those two shillings, was it a two bob bit or a a shilling piece? I can't remember. Cigarette machines, of course, they were all over the place, weren't they? They were in pubs. They were at local shops outside on the walls of shopping parades. There were so many things you could get from vending machines. Quite incredible. As I said, the question, do you remember, just opens up so much. The times I've heard people say, do you remember the old Ford Zodiac car? Do you remember the old Ford Poplar? All this, all these cars. Do you remember the Moggy Miner, the Morris Thousand? Do you remember when Concord flew? I remember that. Okay, thank you for all your emails with things you've remembered. I'll be going through those in a while. I've heard from Janet at long last. Hello, Janet. She's been on holiday, been to Spain on holiday. I thought everyone was hard up. I thought this was the cost of living crisis and no one could afford to eat and heat their homes at the same time. Mind you, talking of heating, it has got chilly, isn't it, in the UK? It has got chilly. I'll tell you what the weather's like in a minute. We've missed you, Janet. Everyone's been waiting for me to say, oh, look, email here from Janet. I can't read it out. And I certainly can't read out the one you have sent me. (laughs) But it's nice to know that you're still around. And I will read some of it out later. The the little bit, well, the first part of it, before you go off on one. Let's have a look at the weather. We have had torrential rain. What's today? Thursday. I don't know why I'm asking you that you're listening to this on Sunday. Thursday today. Yesterday I went to Kent and we had torrential rain all the way there and most of the way back. Late afternoon, the sunshine did come out a little bit. So today, Thursday, the, where are we, 15th of September, 2022. Cloudy, no rain as yet today. Cloudy, 10, 12 millibars. That's the barometric pressure. 16 degrees centigrade, which is 60.8 Fahrenheit, allegedly. So Alexa said anyway. Oh, I mustn't shout that out. So it really is autumnal now. There's a word, autumnal. And if you hear anyone say wintry, that's incorrect. It's wintry, wintry, not wintry. I don't know why I said that, because I I think what it is, I've seen some news people and even a weather forecast chap the other day saying, it's getting wintry. It's not getting wintry at all. For a start, it's autumn and it's wintry. So there we are. That's corrected him if you're listening to that weather forecast man. And by the way, if you are listening, you're always wrong. So you might as well not bother. (laughs) You know, I spent £2,000 at the dentist last last year. £2,000. Well, one of the crowns fell off. He stuck it back on and it fell off again this morning. So I phoned the dentist. I said, look, this tooth's got to come out. Oh, oh well, we don't know. We'll have to have a look. Come round in an hour. So I did. Went round there and they said, this tooth's got to come out. There we are. I should have been a dentist. I said, well, can you do that now? Is it painful? Is it painful? Oh, it's awful. It's dreadful. I can't eat. I can barely speak. It's awful. It's dreadful pain. Keeps me awake at night. I lied quite a lot because I wanted them to take it out then and there. I mean, while I'm sitting in the chair, let's do it. But Oh, no, 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 no. A week Monday. 
I've got to go a week Monday. So I said, oh, well, I'll have to put up with the pain. I, said, I made her laugh. It was a lady dentist. She was lovely. I said, I'm going to lose weight. I won't be able to eat for a week. <laughs> she gave me some antibiotics and said, of course you will. So that was that. No arguing with her. Talking of do you remember, I remember, and I mentioned this the other day to Trish, when we drove to Gatwick, we picked up number one daughter on a Saturday at six in the morning. So most people weren't at work. Six o'clock in the morning, the roads were empty. And I said to her, look at this. This is how it used to be in the 60s and the 50s. Well, and earlier, of course. The roads were so quiet. It was absolutely wonderful. Just saw one or two other cars on the roads, even on the main road going up to Gatwick. There's a fair amount of traffic there, of course, but nothing like if you go in midweek in the middle of the day. Now, going to Kent yesterday, it took us an hour Look this up on the map. <laughs> Look it up on the map. An hour from Worthing to Shoreham, just by where the airport is at Shoreham. An hour. There are roadworks everywhere. And we just sat there in the queue. You move a few feet and stop. Move a few feet and stop. I couldn't believe it. An hour. We left ultra early because we had to get to Kent for Trisha's appointment at the hospital. Is it Benedon? Benedon Hospital? Look it up on the map. It's on the map. So we got there an hour and a half early, but I'd rather get to a place early than late than go and miss the appointment. So that was a nightmare. So yes, do you remember when the roads were quiet? Do you remember when you could drive into town and park your car? We drove down there this morning. Trish drove because I had to go into the dentist. So I hopped out. Nowhere to park. She had to dump me at the dentist and she drove off somewhere. I don't know where she parked eventually. Somewhere out of town. There was just nowhere to park. And if there is, the, the charges are just exorbitant. Honestly, it's a waste of time. They want people to go into town to do shopping and to go to coffee shops and revive the high street and all this stuff. And yet they charge you a fortune to park. And that's if you can find a place. I don't know. It's all rather odd. Bring back the good old days. <laughs> and also they've wrecked the town. This is one way. That's no entry. You can't go here. You can't go there. That bit's now all paved. So you can't drive on that. It's that, I don't know, it's just a nightmare. I just, I remember it, of course, from the old days. I'm still in the same town. I've lived here since I was, what, five years old. So I remember when you could drive all around these. I suppose there are so many cars now. They have to have one-way systems and no parking all over the place. Basically, there are too many people and too many cars. How do we solve that problem? Too many people. I mean, you can't sort of get rid of I know, let's get rid of perhaps 30% of the people, then it'll be quite pleasant. You can't do that, really. <laughs> On the main road out of Worthing, there was a, a garage, you know, a gas station type garage. They've now, they pulled it down. It was derelict for years. They've built some houses there. And the, these houses are right on the main road. It's dual carriageway and it's right on the main road. When they come out of their house, their drive or their little road, it's a tiny road. I think there's about four houses there. When they come out, they can only go one way. You can't turn right. You've got to go left. And you've got to go all the way to wherever it is. I don't know, somewhere to come back. And the traffic is just awful. I don't know who would buy a house. I mean, who would buy a house right on the, on the kind of verge of the dual carriageway? People were living there. There were cars outside the houses and curtains in the window. I know that. I had time to look because we parked there for about three weeks. <laughs> awful. Honestly, the places they squeeze houses. There's another 
near West Worthing Railway Station, there's the, the kind of grass verge and then the railway land and then the track. So there's a little bit of land where the railway, where it was just all weeds and stinging nettles. They've built flats there. They've squashed in kind of narrow flats. <laughs> so people live kind of on top of the railway line. The train, you could probably reach out and hand the driver a cup of tea as he goes past. Yeah, I'll have a cup of tea. Oh, cheers. <laughs> I don't know. I love trains, but I wouldn't want to live that close. Well, I did live in a house that backed onto the railway. We at least had the length of the garden and then uh, an alleyway at the back and then the railway line. They really do seem to be trying to squeeze houses in the slightest. Oh, look, there's a, a little bit of land there. Look, next to that post box, we had a house in there, a narrow, tall house. We'll squeeze one in there. <laughs> so there's another a memory. Do you remember when little bits of land were left as little bits of land? It was quite nice, especially for wildlife and things. Oh, no, no, no. We'll rip those couple of trees down there and build a very small house. <laughs> probably for very small people. Email from Peggy. Hello, Peggy. In uh, Where are you? Nottingham. She says, I remember Tiddlywinks. Yes, I remember. I mentioned that last week, didn't I? Tiddlywinks. She said, I've never known such an annoying, frustrating, idiotic waste of time game. Her words, I'm reading this, not mine. I agree, Peggy. I agree entirely. Absolutely awful. It was being forced to play that. Oh, since I mentioned my grandmother... Do you remember I mentioned that on the midweek message? Have a banana, dear, when I was a child. No, I don't. I, I'm all right, Grandma. Oh, go on, have a banana. No, Grandma, honestly, no, they're fresh. I bought them just yesterday. Have a banana. No, Grandma, I don't want to. All right, I'll have a banana. <laughs> she was like that all the time. We were watching. Have you seen on telly? Uh, there's a programme. I don't know how old it is. It's not that old. Uh, called the Cockfields. It's a family, the Cockfields. They live on the Isle of Wight. And the mother in that, she is exactly like my grandmother. The, her son, 40th birthday, came from the mainland to, to the Isle of Wight to visit her. And um, her, her husband, which is then his stepdad, I think, she says, oh, now, now, dear, it's lovely to see you. Would you like a drink of something? No, I'm fine, thanks, Mum. Oh, no, no, I've got a drink. Would you like? I've got in the fridge. I've got cold lemonade. Would you like a beer? I've got beers. No, I'm fine, Mum. Honestly, I'm fine. No, 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 please do have a drink. You've come a long way on the ferry. Have a drink. And I said to Trish, this is my grandmother, reincarnated. And she goes on and on like this. Have a look. Because we talked about old programmes the other week, didn't we? This isn't old. But have a look. I think it's just called the Cockfields, uh, as, which is their surname. Um, and there's, uh, what is there? There's David. Here's the, the chap's son. I can't remember the others, but uh, have a look at that if you want to know what my grandmother was like, which you probably don't. I've just looked it up online. 2019 to 2021 was the series, I believe. So only kind of last year, but well worth having a look. Also, you get a look around the Isle of Wight. They drive around, they go to various places on the island and you can have a look. So, you know, I'm always banging on about the Isle of Wight, how much we love it there. Well, there you go. If you watch the Cockfields, you can have a laugh and look at the island. Right, one from Frank here. Hello, Frank. He says, do you remember Listen With Mother? I do. I do on the radio back in the 50s. Is that news flash? What's happening now? Oh, I'm not sure. Nothing interesting. I remember that. It was on the BBC Home Service, which then became Radio 4, back in the 50s. This lady in a, a very well-spoken voice would say, are you sitting comfortably? Then I'll begin. And then she'd tell you a story. 
And the idea is you, you sit with your mum. I remember sitting on my mum's lap when I was a kid and I'd listen to the story. And then later on, it became Watch With Mother. That was Listen With Mother. It was then Watch With Mother, which was on the telly. And that was very nice. Yes, I do, Frank. They were good days. I liked the old kids' programmes because they didn't shout and swear and kill each other. Well, not too often, anyway. <laughs> it's now Friday morning, half past six, 10 degrees centigrade, which is 50 Fahrenheit. I've been watching people queuing to pay their respects to the Queen on television. Middle daughter has been there since 11 o'clock last night in the queue. I think the queue at the moment is four and a half miles long and she hasn't got far to go. I don't quite, I think she's uh, embankment, is it? I think that's when I last saw her. So she's going to let us know when she's about to go in. She'll let us know so we can have a look on the telly and hopefully get a shot of her. But I'm very proud of her to queue all through the night like that. That's, I really am proud of her. It brought a tear to my eye. Well, that's rather nice. The sun has just come out and there's blue sky over there. I can see to the north, which is rather nice. Sunshine at last. Email from Len. Hello, Len. He says, do you remember taking your cycling proficiency test? I do. There were bollards in the playground set out. There was a policeman there. How old were we? 10, 11 years old, I think. Perhaps a bit younger. And we had to pull up to a junction, do our hand signals, bits and pieces like that. And yeah, cycling proficiency test. And you got a certificate at the end. I don't know anyone that failed. I would imagine they all got their certificate. But I do remember going home with my, <laughs> with my certificate. Look, Mum, I've passed my cycling proficiency test. Oh, very good. I never got a swimming certificate because I couldn't swim and I still can't. But yeah, I do remember that, Len. Len says he was in the middle of his test and he had a puncture. He says the back tyre went completely flat, but he carried on regardless. And the police, apparently the policeman pointed out, you've got a flat tyre. But anyway, he, he carried on with the test and he got his certificate. Imagine that on a car driving test. You, know, you get a, a puncture in one of the back wheels, but you just carry on on the test. <laughs> Talking of cars, one here from Terry. Hello, Terry. He says, do you remember driving into a, a garage or a gas station? It would be in America. And the chap comes out of his little office, his little cubby hole, <laughs> as he's called it. And he puts the petrol in your car and he says, would you like me to check your oil? And he checks the tyre pressure, checks the water for you, cleans your windscreen, does all this while you don't even have to get out of the car. I do remember that. Yeah, I remember that only too well. And he'd take your money. He'd go back to his little office. He'd come back with your change if there was any. It was fantastic. I'll tell you what I can't do. I can't get on with these petrol pumps these days where you put a card in. I don't quite understand the buttons. I always make sure I've got Trish with me and then she does the, the petrol. She does all that part. I put the petrol in the car. And there's another thing. There's two types of petrol. There's the ordinary and there's super or something. I always put super in. I'm not quite sure. It's a different octane, isn't it? Or something someone was saying. And I think our car, what is it? A two litre engine. I think it needs a higher octane. It's a little bit more expensive, but uh, I don't know. We didn't have all this in the old days, did, or did we? Was there regular and some other petrol? Do you know, I can't remember that. I remember the, the first gallon of petrol I ever bought. It was seven and six a gallon. 
seven and sixpence, which, what's that in Numa? Oh, I've no idea. Well, it's, a, it's three quarters of 50 pence, isn't it? <laughs> Whatever that is. Yes, it was three quarters because it was two and sixpence, five shillings, seven and sixpence. Is that right? Seven and sixpence and ten shillings. I probably got that completely wrong. It doesn't matter anyway. It was three quarters of 50 pence. Right, another one here from Simon. Hello, Simon. School uniforms, Simon is remembering. He says, do you remember school uniforms when drain pipe trousers, this was the 60s, Simon, you haven't put when, but this was the 60s, wasn't it? Drain pipe trousers were all the thing. They had to be not skin tight, but they had to be fairly tight and drain pipe because they were the same sort of width all the way down to your, to your feet. I remember those and I remember having a pair of trousers that were slightly large for me, so they weren't the exact drain pipe shape. And of course, I got laughed at. I got ridiculed, didn't I? And I told my mum, I said, oh, this is no good. I can't wear these to school. And she said, well, there's nothing else. You know, we didn't have a great deal of money then. She said, well, there's nothing else you can wear. So I had to, <laughs> I had to put up with it. But yes, Simon is also remembering blazers. He says, do you remember wearing the, a blazer? He says in his blazer, he hid a little transistor radio. I did, Simon. I had, this was uh, early 60s, wasn't it? Yes, sort of 62, 63, that dreadful winter. Um, Simon's saying he had a little transistor radio that he could fit inside his blazer pocket. I did exactly the same, Simon. That's great. I wonder which school you went to. wonder whether it was mine down here on the south coast. Look at that blue sky. The clouds have gone completely now and the sun's shining. Not a breath of wind either. Oh, hang on, there's a treetop over there that's just about rustling in the breeze. Lovely. Let's hope we get a bit of nice weather because everywhere is so wet. But yes, Simon, I do remember that. And he says that shoes, what shoes did you wear? Well, I had to wear Clark's shoes, you know, the, the sensible ones. Some kids had Cuban Hill boots and things, some of the kids with more money, which was very nice for them. But I just had ordinary cheap Clark's shoes. Was well, they cheap? I don't think they were so cheap. I was watching something on telly last night, you know, the old, uh, what's it called, the old, old films. And they were showing you around a town somewhere, Gloucester, I think. And all the shoe shops, Stead and Simpson and something else, Thompson's, was it? Shoe shops all over the place. All these shoe shops. Of course, Tricia was saying, oh, look at all the shoes. Yeah, she loves shoes. She's got 150 odd pairs. I don't know. <laughs> I don't quite know why she needs so many. But shoe shops all over the place. That's when town centres were thriving, of course. But yes, I do remember the school uniform and the girls had, because we had a, a separate girls' school, boys only at our place, and they were girls only, where my sister went. And their uniform was brown, I think, a brown and a kind of yellowy colour, mustardy colour. And we all looked so smart. We really did. And I, I do think that, although I didn't like wearing my school uniform, yes, I did have a cap which I didn't wear. I stuffed that in my blazer pocket, but we had to wear a cap. You put the cap on as you're walking up the, the driveway to the school and then you wear it again until you get out of the driveway, then stuff it in your pocket. So yes, Simon had a cap. Yes, I did have that, which got screwed up, of course, in my pocket during the day. Tie, yes, tie, which was usually undone a bit. Shirt hanging out, Simon's put here. Yes, I know it all only too well. We were... Well, I, say we, I was going to say we were scruff bags. We weren't in school. If your shirt was hanging out, you know, you got told off. Oi, you boy, 
tuck your shirt in. <laughs> I hated the whole thing. I won't go on about school because I must have ranted and raved about how much I hated school a hundred times. So yeah, thanks for that, Simon. <laughs> yes, I was, no, I almost said happy days. Um, I think out of school were happy days. School holidays were fantastic. Over the farm, over the back there, over the woods, there were ponds, there's a big lake. Fantastic. Climbing trees, all sorts of stuff like that in the summertime. But school itself was dreadful. Of course, we had every weekend. I mean, we were home by, what, four, quarter past four every afternoon. Mind you, I played truant a lot, so I, <laughs> I was out of school earlier, especially on a Friday, which was sports at two o'clock, football or whatever. I couldn't get into any of that. I just, it wasn't me. I wanted to get out of the school. I couldn't go home that early because my parents would have said, you know, what, what are you doing here? My mum would have said, what are you doing at home at two o'clock? Talking of which, that leads me on nicely to, hang on, let me find the email. Right, here we are. Emily. Hello, Emily. Nice to hear from you. Emily says her parents were incredibly strict. They had no television. Now, hang on, where's the... Uh, I did read this earlier. Where are we, Emily? 1970s. OK, no telly. Uh, no phone. Her parents were incredibly strict. They had one radio in the house, which was in the lounge. And her dad used to listen to... Well, by then it, was, it wasn't the home service, was it? It was BBC Radio 4 in the 70s. But that's all they had. Oh, and sometimes in the evening, he'd put on Radio 3, which is the classical station, playing all the, the classical music. She didn't have a record player. And she says all her friends at school, they had telly at home, they had a, a telephone. They had in their bedroom transistor radio, record player. She had none of this. And she said that her parents were just incredibly strict. She couldn't go out. At weekends, her friends would all meet in town on a Saturday morning. She wasn't allowed. And she, she said, do people remember lying to their parents about where they were going? She had one friend whose parents were apparently incredibly religious. And she used to say she was going round to see this friend. And this friend used to say to her parents, she was going round to see Emily at her house. Now, having no telephone, you heard her mum couldn't ring and say, is Emily there or, you know, has she arrived all right? No mobile phones, of course. And what the girls used to do was go off downtown. And Emily's put here, what she, <laughs> what she used to do in the evenings was say goodnight to her parents, go into her room. They lived in a bungalow and she got out of her window, her bedroom window, and went into town and met up with friends. And later in life, I mean, I don't remember anything like this, Emily, because my parents weren't strict. But later in life, she says, uh, you know, she was married, had children, and she told her parents all this. She said it was one Christmas, they'd, uh, the family had got together. She said, oh, yeah, when I was 15, 16, I used to sneak out of my bedroom window and go into town. And you thought I was round my friend's house and we weren't there at all. We'd gone into town Saturday mornings, got into town in the evenings, and she had a transistor radio that her parents didn't know about. She told them about that at this Christmas gathering, and she used to listen to Radio Luxembourg <laughs> under the, the blankets in her bed. She used to hide the radio. And at this Christmas get-together, she said her parents went mad. They went absolutely mad. The whole Christmas was ruined. And I'm just reading on a bit further. I have read this, but I'm having to catch up. Uh, people went home. Uh, she had a brother. The brother and his family went home because everyone was so miserable. 
And in the end, Emily, her husband, and their two two children, yep, they went home. And the, the Christmas evening, she said they were planning to stay there for the evening. Everyone disappeared and went home. And her parents... <laughs> no, I shouldn't laugh, Emily. Her parents didn't speak to her for three weeks. Well, I've heard of strict parents, Emily, but I don't know. A friend of mine, he he actually, his parents weren't that bad. He, this friend of mine used to come out with me. We'd go over the woods or wherever. But they didn't have a telly and they didn't have a phone. Uh, he didn't have a transistor radio or a record player. You see, at that age, what, 16, something like that, everyone had a record player. Everyone had a transistor radio in the 60s. Now, Emily was in the 70s. So it's quite incredible, isn't it, to think that some kids must have felt so bad in the playground. People are saying, oh, did you see so-and-so on telly last night? And I've just bought this new record, or have you got that record? And she hasn't got a telly, a telephone, a radio, a record player, nothing. I don't know, it's dreadful. Talking of records, I got my first record player when I was, I think, 12 or 13. The first record I bought, why? I've no idea. It was Lucky Lips by Cliff Richard. I think that came out in 62 or 63. So I was, yeah, what, 11 or 12. And that's the first record I bought because my parents got me a record player, but no records. So I thought, well, (laughs) that's a lot of good. Luckily, a friend of mine down the road, his older brother was in his early 20s. He gave me half a dozen records. And one I remember in particular was Elvis Presley, It's Now or Never. Uh, I also got, um, what was it, Hang Down Your Head, Tom Dooley. Who, who did that? I can't remember the chap's name. Hang Down Your Head, Tom Dooley. Sorry, I mustn't sing. I've said before I won't sing. I remember that one. And my, my mum, she said, you have to keep playing the same old records over and over again. And I said, well, that's all I've got. I only had sort of half a dozen. And then as time went on, I started buying records for myself, you know, Jimi Hendrix albums, things like that, which, funnily enough, my mum liked. I had Electric Ladyland, and I used to play this rather loud Hendrix in his guitar. Brilliant. And she actually liked it, which I found incredible. I thought that would be the sort of thing she'd be saying, turn that row down. But no, she liked it. Happy days. I've just been downstairs to check the telly. Trisha's watching that. She's going to shout if we see our middle daughter. She can't be far away now from actually entering. It's the Palace of Westminster, isn't it, where the Queen is lying in state. So Trish is recording it. So if I do miss it, we can at least have a look later. Next email on the list is from Harriet. Hello, Harriet. She says, do people remember playing Snap with playing cards? Yes, I do. She liked that. That was great. Yeah, that wasn't boring, was it, Harriet? Like (laughs) Tiddlywinks was totally boring. Yes, Snap was good. And board games, she's put here, Cluedo. Cluedo was good. Monopoly, she didn't like. I don't think anyone did, Harriet. No one liked. I've never met anyone that enjoys playing Monopoly. Everyone I've met that used to play or was forced to play by the family, they've all said the same thing. I used to lose deliberately. If someone landed on one of my houses or a hotel where I had to collect the rent, I'd pretend I hadn't noticed. That's what I used to do. Deliberately lose. So, oh, that's me out of the game. Thank goodness for that. Go and watch telly. Have a cup of tea and watch telly. (laughs) Harriet also liked chess. Started playing when she was eight years old and still plays. Don't know how old you are now, Harriet. Oh, you've got kids. Oh, you're teaching your kids chess. So you must be, I was going to say, you must be getting on a bit. (laughs) Middle-aged. No, no, no. You're probably only in your 20s. 
But chess, yes, yeah, so you still play chess. That's good. I, I can play chess and I have played many times over the years. The reason I don't play anymore is I'm no good. I was just never any good at it. I knew all the moves, of course, and sometimes I'd win, but I just, I don't know. Also, I could never find anyone that would want to play. Do you want to play chess? Oh, no, no. I used to like drafts. Do you remember drafts? Now, that was good. In fact, that's just reminded me, we were talking about drafts the other day, and Trish said that she liked that when she was a kid, and we said perhaps we'll get a, a draft set, you know, a board. I'd forgotten all about that. I must mention that to her in a minute. She's keeping an eye on the telly for middle daughter. Where are we? It's coming up to 10 to 7. No, it's not. It's just gone 10 to 7. I don't know. I've got, a, I've got two clocks here. One is GMT, Greenwich Mean Time, for my radio stuff, because all shortwave radio stations work on GMT. And the other one here that says 1.02am <laughs> is wrong, because I unplugged it yesterday by mistake. And it is a real nightmare, that's the word I'm looking for, to set it. It's a dreadful thing to set the time. I can't do it. So Trish does it. And she looked at it and said, what have you done to your clock? And I said, well, I've unplugged it and wrecked it. Oh, so she's going to perhaps do that later on. No, hang on. It's, 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 it's five to eight now. It's five to eight. I don't know what I'm doing. Just had a message from a friend of mine. He's at Goodwood. The Goodwood Revival thing. That's where they have all the cars and stuff. And uh, Trisha's sister and her husband have gone there. They've just arrived there as well. So that's good. Everyone's out and about, busy, except me. I'm sitting in my high-tech recording studio. Now, I've got a lot to do today. It's Friday. And as I said, the sun is out. And today I've got to do these outside jobs that I've been putting, well, not putting off. I've been unable to do because of the, <laughs> what's that? Lorry's hurtling past. This is a quiet, well, it was a quiet little road. No, it still is. But I don't know why we get so many big vehicles up here, huge vans and lorries and things clattering around. So, yes, I'm hoping to get a, a few jobs done outside today. Also, I don't think there's any rain forecast for the weekend, which would be rather nice. OK, hello, Ron. Thanks for your email. Quite a lot of emails. Quite a good response to this Do You Remember episode. Oh, that was a, a message from middle daughter. I uh, think there's still an hour to go of zigzagging in the queue. So another hour or so yet. Yes, hello, Ron. Sorry about that interruption. <laughs> I digress. Right, back to Ron's email. Popeye. Yes, I remember Popeye the Sailor Man, Ron. That was great, wasn't it? That was one of the first very early cartoons. What was it? Mickey Mouse, wasn't it, as well? That was um, a very early cartoon. Probably one of the first but Popeye, I used to love that, with olive oil. And was it not Brut, Brut, Pluto? Was it Pluto, the big chap, who was always after Popeye's girlfriend, Olive? And Popeye used to have to open a tin of spinach, didn't he? And eat this whole tin of spinach and his muscles would grow. And then he could fight off Pluto and uh, stop him <laughs> pinching his girlfriend or something like that. I think every episode was the same. Uh, just different storylines, but the well, no, the storyline was the same, but different scenarios. A little bit like Last of the Summer Wine. I've watched all those. We both have. We've watched all those. It must be a hundred times each. We almost know the script off by heart. Uh, Last of the Summer Wine. Fantastic program, but the theme is always there. There's Howard chasing Marina, and he gets caught by Pearl, his wife. There's the, the three lads, there's Compo and um, 
Peter Salis, isn't it? But you know what I mean? Every episode, basically, it's the same old storyline, but they just change the scenario a little bit. And then there's the, the cafe. They all go into the cafe and get thrown out. They go into the pub and get thrown out. And the library, they always get thrown out of the library. But uh, it is a brilliant programme. It ran for years, didn't it? Decades even, I think. Decades. There are a lot of emails this time, which is really good. This one is from Bonnie. Hello, Bonnie. That's a nice name. Do people remember comics? Yes, Jackie magazine. A comic, rather. Jackie. Yeah, I remember that. My sister had Jackie and I had the Beano and Dandy. Bonnie says that she collected every issue of the comic every issue she's also got the the yearly do you remember the christmas books uh you get the christmas annual was it the annual or something like that the dandy the beano jackie and all the other ones there were loads of girls ones as well as the boys ones weren't there and she says uh, bonnie says that she has got every single issue of jackie and the albums how about that that must be worth a few quid Stone the Crows. I mustn't keep saying Stone the Crows. Who has it emailed me and said, stop saying Stone the Crows? Oh, Jack. Hello, Jack. <laughs> he said, stop saying Good Grief and Stone the Crows. <laughs> OK, Struth. That must be worth a few pounds. Struth. That's a funny word, isn't it? Anyway, yeah, well done, Bonnie. That's good. And she says they're all pristine. Well, this is what we were talking about, isn't it? A week or two ago about dinky toys, cars unopened in their original boxes, unopened. And as I said at the time, had I known then what I know now, I would have bought up a load of stuff, especially the matchbox, matchbox, wasn't it? Matchbox toys, dinky cars, all that sort of thing. Save them all up and then, and then what though? What do you do with them? Sell them to get the money, then you spend the money. So there's not much point in doing that. I don't know, saving things, collecting things. It's all very well if you're able to display them. No good if you hide them in the attic. And my son was saying recently, here's the thing, (laughs) here's the thing. He said, all this money, all our money at the moment, we've got the Queen's head on the coins, haven't we, and the, the notes, all that's going to be changed to King Charles. He said, save a load of money and then one day it'll be worth something. Well, that's all very well, but by the time it's worth anything, I, I, I won't be here. It'll be 50 years' time. He said, well, give it all to me. <laughs> give all the money to him. Good idea. No, actually, it is quite a sensible idea. Just keep one of each coin, especially if you've got a fairly new one. Uh, just keep one of each coin, one of each note. Put them away somewhere with the Queen's head on because that will disappear. Same with stamps. If you're into stamp collecting, then uh, we're going to have King Charles on the stamps instead of Queen Elizabeth. So then the stamps might one day be worth something. Was it the old 1933 pennies? They produced or minted or struck or whatever, about six of them, I think. So they're worth a fortune. (laughs) I remember as a kid at school, looking through all the old pennies, whenever I got a penny, looking for one with 1933 on it because I'd be set up for life. I think I'm right in saying that. Anyway, let's get to this uh, Janet. Hello, Janet. Thank you for your email. Several people have said, we want to hear about about Janet's escapades. I can't. I can't read it out. I mean, she's, I don't know. I'm not going to say anything. Janet, you've been in Spain on holiday. There were six of you. Six girls. Great. Had a great time. Whereabouts? Alicante. Yeah, it's nice. Alicante. I've been there. It's nice. Weather wasn't too bad. She says, not that we took much notice of the weather, because 
we spent most of our time in bars and nightclubs. Okay, as you do, as you do, or as I used to, not anymore. So that's good, Janet. And she goes on to say, where are we? Okay, yeah, that's fine. That's where we finish reading your email. <laughs> I would love to read out uh, all your emails, Janet, but um, it it wouldn't be good because I'd be thrown off the, the podcast, uh, th- Podbean. They host my podcast episodes and they'd throw me off. They'd say, <laughs> get out of it, go away. So anyway, good to hear from you, Janet. Glad you enjoyed your holiday. And uh, yes, because we, we were all wondering where you were, where you'd got to. Hello, Howard. Howard says, do your listeners remember Love Hearts? I do. When we were at school, Howard says this was in the 60s, the Love Hearts. What they were were little sweets and they had messages on them, that you know, like I love you and stuff like that. And he's, <laughs> he said, do you remember those? I do, Howard. And yes, I do remember what you're saying here. He used to hand them out to girls in his class. He'd say, oh, have a sweet. But he'd make sure that the the one on top was a a nice message, like I love you or something. (laughs) I remember that, Howard. There are all sorts of sweets. Are they still going? Things like, what was it? Um, Blackjacks, sherbet. Do you remember sherbet Uh, with a licorice sort of spout sticking out of the top? I don't know whether all this stuff's still going. I don't go into... Well, there aren't sweet shops anymore, are there? As there used to be, or are there? No, they're just news agents now, aren't they? And they, I suppose they sell sweets as well. I don't know. I don't go into town much, as I've said before. I did go down there yesterday to the dentist. But yes, I, I do remember all the sweets. Because I think I've said before, I found a farthing on the pavement, went into the sweet shop and I said, I want one blackjack. And they said, well, they're four for a penny. And I said, well, I've got a farthing. There's four farthings in a penny. So they gave me one for this farthing, which had a little robin on it. Who remembers that? There comes an aeroplane, the sun's out. A little bit of cloud puffing up over there, billowing up over the, the downs there. I've just been out in the garden. My engine wouldn't start, my Lister D stationary engine. It was very stationary. I got it going in the end. I think it's been out in the damp, that's the trouble. Got a couple of jobs done. Replaced the toilet seat in the downstairs loo. I thought you might be interested in that. That was a job and a half because I had to bend over, then my back hurt. I knelt down, then my knee hurt. Whatever you do, don't get old. Mind you, as Trish says, the alternative isn't too good. <laughs> OK, let's find some more emails. Dean, hello, Dean, from Scotland. Nice one. Nice to hear from you. Dean says, do you remember the cap guns? Yes, I do. We all had cap guns in the old days when we were kids. In fact, when we went to the Isle of Wight with the grandchildren, they don't come with us anymore, they're kind of grown up. There were cap guns there at Black Gang Chine. There's a cowboy area, a sort of Western thing, and they sell toy guns and caps, the reels of caps, just like we used to have in the good old days. So, yeah, I certainly do remember that, Dean. As I said, certainly had a lot of emails. Right, one from Dawn. I don't know where you are, Dawn, UK somewhere. She says, I I didn't think I was going to be able to read this one out, that I read it fully, and I can. She says, who remembers tucking their skirt into their knickers? at school. <laughs> uh, well, I don't. Uh, obviously, I didn't wear a skirt at school. But I do remember the girls doing that at primary, uh, junior type school. I remember that with, um, what was it, PE or dancing or whatever we did. Yeah, the girls had to tuck their skirts into their knickers. That was funny. I wonder whether they do that these <laughs> these days. Mind you, I think they wear shorts, don't they, under their skirts? I mean, I wouldn't know. 
So thanks for that, Dawn. That's another memory you've brought back for me. One from Reg. I'm, I'm slowly getting through these emails. I won't be able to read them all out. There are too many. Reg says, who, who remembers getting to school nine o'clock in the morning? And in the kitchen, I think I've mentioned this before, Reg, in the kitchens at school, they are boiling the vegetables, cabbage, potato, carrots, whatever. They're boiling it. And they carry on <laughs> boiling it until midday. Three hours, it's boiling. It must boil dry. I, I Perhaps they keep topping it up with water. And he said, by the time you get your dinner sloshed up on a plate, it's just sort of mush. He says the cabbage is kind of colourless. I remember that. The carrots are tasteless. And the, pota <laughs> the potato is like soup. No, actually ours wasn't like soup. We had big lumps in our potato. I did not like the lumps in potato. Then he goes on to say semolina with jam in the middle. A blob of jam thrown in the middle. Semolina was disgusting. Is it rice? I remember that. I, I don't know. It was. I just can't talk about school dinners. They were vile. Well, they certainly were at my school anyway. <laughs> I don't know whether you can hear that music in the background. That's a, a pirate radio station in Worthing. 87.5 FM. I better turn it off probably get done for copyright on the podcast or something yeah 87.5 fm pirate radio station they're there a lot of the time sometimes they disappear then they come back i've been meaning to look into it to find out what's going on i know most of the the radio amateurs you know the hams in and around worthing i'm sure someone must know something about it it's good though they play all that um, techno type stuff which i do like I believe it's illegal to listen to pirate radio stations. I don't know who's going to police that. Who's going to know whether I'm listening to it or not? Well, apart from everyone listening to this podcast. Hello, Mary. Nice to hear from you. One of our, I was going to say older listeners. Is there a no, mature, a little bit more polite? One of our more mature listeners. Mary is um, 89. Well done, Mary. 89. You're doing well. Glad you're listening to the podcast episodes. She says, who remembers... Smith's crisps with a little blue bag of salt in them. I certainly do, Mary. Yes, I certainly do. When I was a child in the 50s, you'd look for the little blue bag in the packet, open that up, sprinkle it in the bag, and then shake the whole thing. And you've got salted crisps. They were only plain. I don't think they had flavours back then, did they? Uh, I can't remember that. You're a little bit older than me, Mary, so perhaps you remember. I, I don't think there were flavours. I remember when the was it Walker's Crisps opened a, a factory, if that's what you call it, in Southampton? And you'd get, because uh, I used to work down there on the boats doing the radio stuff. And driving down there, like on a Tuesday, the whole place would stink of cheese and onion. You go down there on a Thursday, it would stink of smoky bacon. <laughs> and whichever day you drove down, these different flavour crisps, they were frying up. And you could smell it. It really did stink out the whole place. I mean, when I say stink, it was quite nice. Made you quite hungry, actually. So thanks for that, Mary. Yes, Smith's crisps with a little blue bag of salt in them. Just looking over to the north, black clouds looming over the doubt. Where are we? 10 to 12. No, that's GMT. 10 to 1. <laughs> don't know what time it is. The clock that's wrong says nine minutes past nine. So I don't know what that's doing. No, two minutes past nine. Anyway friend of mine, decades ago, back in the 70s, Charles, his name, nice chap, he was always having to chase around to see what his wife was up to. 
she was a little bit uh, wayward, I suppose is the word. That's a polite word. A little bit wayward. They were in their 20s, as I was. And she was always out somewhere doing things she shouldn't be doing. And he used to have to go around trying to find her. And one day, a friend of hers turned up at his house or their house. And she said, hi, Charles, I've come to see Ellie. That's his wife, Ellie. He said, she's out. Oh, no. She said, really? He said, oh, can I come in and wait? And he said, well, yeah, of course. He knew of the plan. <laughs> he knew about this. He'd been tipped off. So this Ellie came in and she starts sort of getting a bit strong onto Charles, you know, giving him a cuddle, this sort of thing, saying, well, look, you know, while your wife's out, we could have a bit of fun. I've always fancied you. So this, this girl, not going to mention her name, enticed him upstairs. Now, he went along with it. But what she did, she said, oh, just have a look at your garden. You know, it's a really nice garden. It was very, very poorly done, he told me. And she opened the back door and looked at the garden. Oh, isn't it lovely? So the plan was, obviously, which he knew anyway, she was going to make sure the back door was left open. So they go upstairs into the bedroom and she's becoming, uh, what's the word, amorous. That'll do, amorous. And he said, oh, hang on a minute, I'll go and take the phone off the hook. I don't want people phoning. So he rushed downstairs, locked the back door, went back upstairs. Right, he said, that's done. And uh, <laughs> I won't go into what happened. So afterwards, he said, I'm sure someone was in the hallway, you know, and she was saying, well, I don't think so. I thought I saw a shadow. I thought I saw someone in the hall. And she said, oh, no, no, I don't think so at all. You must have been imagining it. The plan was Ellie, his wife, had set up this friend of hers to go around there commit adultery with her husband so this other friend of theirs could go around with a camera. As he said, it was a ridiculous plan. It could have worked had he not been tipped off. It might have worked. So this other person was going to go in the back door, which was left open, take photographs, and that was the evidence, adultery, blah, blah, blah. That way she gets rid of her husband and keeps the house, which was, as I say, an absolutely ridiculous plan. But Charles knew about it. He'd been tipped off, as I said. So Charles got rid of this girl and eventually his wife came home and she was saying, uh, right, we're going to get divorced. I'm just waiting for the evidence of your adultery to come through. And he was saying, well, what do you mean adultery? What do you mean? Well, my friend was round here earlier. I know what happened. So he denied all knowledge of the whole thing. What friend? Friend? I've not been in. I've been out. <laughs> So I don't know why I'm mentioning this really. It just occurred to me, it's funnily enough, it's just something I remembered. And the whole thing just you know, really blew up in her face. And what happened, a bit of a long story, she left him and he ended up with the house. She went off with some guy and apparently that didn't last more than a couple of years. But it was just the way he, he told me this thing, you know, someone was meant to creep up the stairs with a camera, back door left open and all this business. And uh, luckily he knew all about it. And he said to me, that's why he committed adultery with this girl, because he thought, well, my wife's leaving me anyway. Why not? <laughs> and there will be no evidence. Anyway, I don't know why I told you all that. I don't suppose you're interested. A bit like reading one of Janet's emails out. Hello, Janet. Are you still listening, I wonder? Just heard on the news that they've paused the queue, as they call it. They're pausing the queue to go and visit the, uh, the Queen uh, lying in state. Apparently no one's allowed to join the back of the queue now until four o'clock this afternoon. So uh, it's just too many people. That's what they're saying. It's just overcrowded. There are too many people. So they're going to have to have a break of about four hours or so. 
let the queue die down a bit and then allow more people to join. There's one poor woman come all the way from Wales and she was stopped. The people in front of her, they let through, then she was stopped. I suppose they've got to stop it somewhere. And they said, no, you'll have to wait now. And she she said she's going to wait. She thought it was six hours, but it's only four hours, apparently. Anyway, there we are. On that note, I shall say goodbye and thanks for listening. Keep the emails coming, raiserants at protonmail.com. The black clouds over the sky have now gone and there's blue sky. (laughs) That's British weather for you. We've had a heat wave, drought, hosepipe ban. Everything's drying up. Lakes and reservoirs are all drying up. Then we have torrential rain, flood warnings, and goodness knows what. That's, That's British summer. You have to love it, don't you? Thanks for listening. Take care. See you on Wednesday with the midweek message. Bye-bye for now.